Hello, everybody. And welcome to episode 40 of Reviews from the Crawl Space. I am Douglas. And I'm Vicky. And this show is about us, Douglas and Vicky, as we just said, reviewing an inherited record collection three at a time. Yeah. Just so you don't have to. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> We're doing the hard work so you don't have to. So you don't have to listen to some of the turd goblins that we got to listen to. Yeah. Um, I just want to point out real quick, uh, this is coming to from our Doomsday Bunker. Yeah. We're, we're in self-isolation. Self yeah, we're fine. <laughs> we're just isolating from all you sickos out there. Um, so real quickly, I just want to touch on, oh yeah, oh, follow us on the Twitters. RFTCS1. RFTCS1, yeah. Boom. Twitter, uh, the Instagrams, at Reviews from the Crawl Space. Yes, we started an Instagram Yeah, we're, that's brand new. Yeah. So not only there can you see the photos of the albums that we're actually reviewing, the actual photos of, of the actual albums, <laughs> but... Uh, the actual photos. The actual photos, not just photos of the photos. Uh, and <laughs> <laughs> I took a picture and then I took a picture of it, just for posterity's sake, I guess. And... Um, oh, crap, I forgot what the other thing was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <clears throat> on, on the Instagram account, not only are the, the photos for the albums there, but there are links to the original episodes that we've done. Yeah, because we started out on YouTube. We started out as a video podcast on YouTube, and yeah. honestly, it's quite... The idea is the same, but we do things differently now. Yeah, It's definitely evolved a lot. Doing the podcast in this way has been a lot easier for us. We've been able to... Yeah. You know, rather than having to set up lights, lights and green screens, and we just do our research, sit down, record it on the phone, and upload it to Anchor. Yeah, I would say before it was taking us a week to pump an episode out from like editing and like doing all the setting up and filming and then editing and everything and re having to re-render things and they didn't work out. Yeah, the editing for you has been a honestly, lot easier. Oh, has. And I yeah. th honestly, I think that extra time has gone just on more research. But um, yeah, I think our, our show is just better now. Uh, but it's interesting to see where we've come from. Because it's 40 episodes already. And you were saying, so, you know, 40 times 3. That's a lot of albums we've gone through yeah. in all, mm, just under three years. So yeah. and that's how long we've been doing it. So, And also, uh, we've moved the podcast to anchor.fm. Oh, anchor. Anchor FM, yeah. Uh, it's a great app. It's really easy to use. And they have dis yeah. dispensed? Distributed. Distributed, yeah. Distributed <laughs> is the word I'm looking for. They've distributed the podcast to uh, several other platforms yep. with more coming. Uh, the approval process for the podcast going to other platforms takes days to weeks. The weeks is the Apple podcast. But we are currently now on Anchor FM, Spotify, Public Radio, um, Google Podcast, Google Play, or Google Podcast, yeah. and like I said, more episodes to come. And we'll keep everybody updated on our Twitter page as to what new platforms become available yeah. so that you can listen on whatever your favorite one is. Yeah, and follow, like I said, I'm going to start, I've been using my personal account on Instagram or Twitter to post production stuff, but that's all going to move over to our Instagram account for reviews from the crawl space. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so really with all those huge changes, we really hope to bump our numbers up from two to four, like double our viewership numbers <laughs> yeah. or our listenership numbers. Really pump them up there. <laughs> double. <laughs> and uh, so and no one can say that we've been uh, sitting around doing nothing on our self, 
isolating thing. Well, we do, but it's just a little bit less. We've been productive (laughs) and we've been getting things done. Yeah, definitely when it comes to this stuff, for sure. I mean, you can only look at... You can only look at porn for so long before you just have to do something else. You just get really thirsty and. Uh. <laughs> You're funny. Yeah. And I am, yeah. I'm tired of Pornhub, so I've seen it all now. Well, and aren't they giving it away for free now, Pornhub? Oh, yeah. Okay, well, I should stop joking about it and actually go with them. <laughs> That's right, they are. Go check it out. Hmm. Okay. Or check it out more than you already have. I know what I'm doing before after this episode. <laughs> okay, so today on episode 40, the three albums that we're going to review are The Moody Blues on the Threshold of a Dream, mm-hmm. Leo Sayer, Another Year, and John Mayall, The World of John Mayall. Male or may all? May all. I mean, I'm with you. I've been saying it. I have honestly never. I've heard of a, oh, what's the guy that I, Toots Mayall? Mayall? Mayall. I've heard of that guy, but I have never heard of John Mayall. So well, it was interesting. Well, good, because there's going to be more in the collection. So (laughs) you'll get nice and familiar with it. I'm so sick and tired of blues. (laughs) Anyway. Hold on. Spoiler alert. (laughs) Spoiler alert. Okay, let's get going. Uh, let's get cracking on The Threshold of a Dream the by Moody Blues. Moody Blues. Okay, The Moody Blues are an English rock band formed in 1964. The band came into prominence playing rhythm and blues. On The Threshold of a Dream was their fourth album released in 1969, and it was their first number one British album, which for me is surprising because... Mm-hmm. The previous album was Days of Future Past, and the one after this was Search for the Lost Chord. So, to me, those are equivalent, um, now that I've heard this one, those two are equivalent, and I'm surprised that this was their first. Yeah. And and their last. It's kind of um, odd. I don't A little bit of a pattern I've noticed in the last few episodes, maybe, is that we reviewed some albums that kind of fell through the cracks of artist discographies. They were kind of middle albums. And, and actually, we've discovered some of them to be quite good. But at the time or whatever, they just got lost in the shuffle because they were between two better albums with more hits on it. Yeah. But uh, something I've noticed the last little bit is just like uh, some of these albums are kind of like the in-between albums. Well, in hindsight, gives people perspective, right? Oh, yeah. 100%, 100%. So we can be a lot more... Um, Judgmental is not the word, I guess, but we can be a lot more critical yeah. of when you can see an entire discog- discography of... Oh, sure, totally. Instead of what the was just sure, happening in the yeah. moment. Hindsight, for sure. But, um, yeah, sorry to kind of break in there if you want to... Because right. we've talked about Moody Blues, the Moody Blues before, so we shouldn't have too much in terms of the band add on. What do you got there? That's it for the band. The producer yeah. for this one was Tony Clark. Okay. He was a member of the Decca production team starting in 1964. Decca was their record company. Yep. Uh, through his work with the Moody Blues, he became known as the architect of symphon- symphonic prog rock. He was said to be very proud of the fact that he was one of the few white producers to work for Motown Records. Oh, wow. Okay. Is that racist? I don't know. No. No, but he was, he was proud so. of that. He should be. Motown's pretty awesome. So, the track listing for this album uh, uh, <laughs> The track listing for this album uh, is are No, it is. <laughs> whatever. It exists as it is right now. Side one. In the beginning, 
Lovely to see you, dear diary. Send me no wine to share our love and so deep within you. Side two is never comes a day, lazy day. Are you sitting comfortably? The dream. Have you heard part one? The voyage, which is instrumental. Mm -hmm. And have you heard part two? A lot of this stuff is instrumental. Uh, it's funny when it says there's a British rock band. You no, know, these guys are like are prototypical fucking prog rock. They prog, rest of prog rock really doesn't exist without a lot of this stuff. Well, and I can see where this dude brings in the symphonic. Yeah, totally. It's it's like it, it definitely is. And this album is one of those it's, that's uh, it's a whole album again. It's a whole album experience. It's not this album doesn't have just some singles. I want to talk actually because you just mentioned the songs. I want to talk about that because that's, that's where we're at now. First of all, I want to talk about there's a song on the Dear Diary. Yeah, that was it's a sample. Now, if you guys want to go out there, it was sampled quite a bit, almost a straight up sampled by a guy DJ named Free the Robots. And the song is called Diary. And it's funny because it's on if you listen to a lot of electronic or chilling music, it usually makes the rounds. And it, it blew my mind when we listened to this album, just like how did you listen to this one when you were a kid? No, because uh, much like other people, I went with Moody Blues albums that I knew had hits, yeah. songs that I knew. Yeah. You know? So no, this was probably the first time I've listened to that album from start to finish. And so yeah, immediately when Dear Diary started, you were like, like hey, well, I, I, I know I know the fucking song. Yeah, and you went and did the research to find out. <laughs> and I used that. I used a website called whosampled.com. And then if you use whosampled, put the artist in there, it'll tell you. If you know the artist who's sampling it, they'll tell you where the song came from. And vice versa. If but it, in this, you did. In this you, case, I used Moody yeah. Blues Diary, yeah. and then it told me, and it's actually been used quite a bit in different songs. So. Um, and this, this dear robot, or this dear, dear or this diary. diary song, the diary song from, from Free the Robots. Free the Robots, it is in our playlist a lot. Yeah, yeah, that's why it was so just like holy shit! I had no idea it was Moody Blues song. Yeah, we listened to that song a lot. So yeah. Um. But I'm going to actually kind of reiterate what I said before, I, and I just mentioned it right now, is that there is no big hits. Um, never comes a day. It, oh, okay. I, right. I'm not that, sure. That okay. Was a, it was a hit. Yeah, it was it, a single. It was a hit because it was, um, the single was 91 on the Billboard Top 100. So barely so, back 100. Exactly. And, um. So I'm talking about this album doesn't have anything, but I'm telling you from start, for me, from start to finish, this is, this was a very enjoyable album. And it's, that, it's a whole experience. Yeah, that never comes a day is a song that I knew, and yeah. I I really like the song itself. But that's what so. I mean too is that although for the third or fourth time I'm going to mention that it has no big hits, we still knew some of the songs. Yeah, a couple of the songs I would say at least two or three songs were like, oh shit, yeah, this one. Yeah, yeah, because probably they just made it to uh, uh, classic rock stations. Yes, exactly. They've just been picking B, B sides and yeah, stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, totally. And as a whole, this album is yeah. For you, what's your take? I, I it was beautiful. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm with you on that one. It's I really, really enjoyed it. Well um, produced, well mastered. Yeah, they're so talented, and there's like just so much about it. We we are definitely huge prog fans, and this is right up our alley in terms of oh yeah, in terms of that. Yeah, definitely. It's got a little bit of everything you need, right? Ups and the downs, the quiets and the louder, heavier's, and everything is there. One of the cool things about this album is that it begins with a poem and it's accompanied by electrical hmm. sounds yeah, or electronic sounds. Sorry. These sounds are all also heard at the end of the album. Uh, most vinyl pressings continue the sounds into the album, it, it, into the album's run out groove, causing them to continually play until the record player's tone arm is lifted. 
So unfortunately, uh, we just didn't uh, have the time. We didn't. No, no. Or, I, well, it was just because we were doing the research. This one was a little... We had listened to it. We'd done this one a bit different because we had listened to these albums actually two or three times. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we kind of did the research separately because we kind of changed the way we do some of our work. Before, we used to do our research and listen to them at the same time. Now, we, we give ourselves time to listen to it and do the research separately. So I think it just kind of got lost in the shuffle and we meant to do it. But... Yeah, so we listen to them generally at least two times. Yes. Before we do the episode and um, we didn't get around to that, listening. That's like, an interesting, sing. yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, I, I, it's kind of cool. I wish more more albums did it. Did the weird little things like that for sure. Uh, for me, um, like you said, On the Threshold of a Dream by the Moody Blues. Uh, I'm not sure if they said DRAM or DRAM. Uh, catalog DES18025. This is an original pressing. We actually have two copies here. Uh, just so people know, there's there's two, um, and I just we just did the first one. The other one doesn't look playable, and I wasn't going to drag record needle or turntable needle all over it. So, so we just picked with the best looking one. There's another one. They're the exact same copies in terms of catalog and yeah, everything like yeah. that. So, which we have a lot of doubles. In we the do, collection. yeah, surprisingly, and they're all originals. Uh, so Canada '69 uh, condition. The cover is poor. It's faded. It's ripped. Um, the second copy is worse, actually. First copy looks pretty good compared to the second copy, but it's still, it's old, right? Like, it's 69. It's definitely been used. It's one of those albums I'm pretty sure has been listened to a few times. Yeah. Um, the sleeve inside it, it's fine. It's just pa plain paper. It's not stained. There's no mold or anything. It's actually probably the original sleeve, and it's thick, and so that's fine. The vinyl itself is surprisingly good. I did notice that there was a few scuff marks on it. Uh, I, just a little bit. It didn't affect the play at all, and the album sounded fucking yeah, fantastic. Yeah, no skips or pops. No, no, it sounded clean. It, the sound field sounded good. It had bass. Like, ah, uh, that was fantastic. Like I said, from 69, we can listen to modern albums, like for a couple episodes of that, that Brian, a Robert Palmer album, sounded like hot shit, and not in a good way. Wasn't that the really thin vinyl one, too? It was, yeah, it was pretty yeah, thin. Yeah, like it was it garbage. Was... Um,. So Tish, yeah, the, tissue paper. So I just the second, yeah, no kidding. So the second copy of this, I'm just couldn't list. It's just like it, it's it's broken. It's garbage. We probably really don't need to keep it. It's not going to be playable. We're not going to get use out of it. Uh, the cover art is by uh, somebody we've talked about in the show because we've discussed Moody Blues before. Uh, Philip Travers uh, doesn't have his dot com doesn't work anymore. Pretty sure he's dead, but I couldn't find out either way. Uh, <clears throat> Philip Travers, uh, I said good good friend of the show because he's been on a couple times now. Uh, bo <clears throat> born in 1945, Phil studied art and design at Sutton School of Art in London. Um, worked locally in London and then started uh, designing Moody Blues covers. He just kind of came into, I think he like a, knew somebody, a friend of a friend. So back in the back in the day, like it's very so, incestuous. This is so yeah, easy, right? Yeah. All you have to do is know some chap down the street. <clears throat> Pardon me. And uh, my allergies are really kicking up. And, uh, yeah, so it's like, that's what he did. And I almost exclusively did Moody, like, mm, what did I have here? Okay. <clears throat> From, uh, 67, I have 68, but 67 to 72, he did all the covers for the Moody Blues. And he'd done some other stuff, but, um, nothing quite as cool as that. Um. Yeah, it is a very cool album cover. I was just trying to think. Um, and that, that's it for me. So, <clears throat> uh, what's your, your price or okay so uh discogs has 16 for sale right now they range in price from one dollar to four dollars to six dollars yeah there's a lot of these out there i bet 
Um, also, I forgot to mention the album run is 37 minutes. Oh, 37 minutes. Thank you. And, um, 37, yeah. No, 37 to 40 is a good, if you have an album like this, that's a good run time. Uh-huh. It's not too long. Yeah. So, so <clears throat> how about this? What would you, we'll start with you. Usually I go for, what would you give it? What is your... I, I've given it a 4.5 out of 5. Oh, okay. Right on. Yeah. That's... Uh, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, have enjoyed a lot of Moody Blues albums, but, uh, this one being new to me, I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, actually. And, uh, I'm going to put mine, I have four written down. I'm going to do 4.5 as well. Like listening to it again, really kind of <clears throat> made it go up a little bit extra and just to how much I enjoyed it and, um, how well it was done. So yeah, 4.5 for me as well. And I know that's not very interesting. <laughs> no, but, um, <clears throat> You know, normally uh, you say the album's in good condition. So yeah, the album itself is. We don't have to reinvest in a new copy. No, or I would. I would. Um, but I'd it, just get an ultrasonic cleaning done on it, and just like we can spin it once, you know, whenever. Oh yeah. So yeah, no, I would. I would it's keep it's that one. definitely something I would keep. And in the, the other collection. one, I would ditch. Yeah. The other album. So. Art projects coming up. Uh, so yeah, um, that's yeah. Both of us, both of us enjoyed that, and I would. Uh, Recommend it, and I would keep it in the collection. Yes, definitely. Definitely, definitely. And if you don't own it or have never listened to it, give, no, it, give it a Yeah, give it a go, for sure. Yeah, even on Spotify, whatever. On Spotify, yeah. I think they add some... It's a little extra. It's like a special edition and some extra outtakes or something. But who gives a shit? Just listen to the original songs. Yeah, and... yeah. It's, okay. It's good. <clears throat> Moody Blues down. Okay. Album number two, Leo Sayer, Another Year. Leo Sayer is an English-Australian singer, songwriter, and entertainer whose singing career spanned four decades. He launched his career in the early 70s, and um, Another Year was his third studio album, released in 1975. It reached number eight in the UK, and... Uh, that was about it, though. Yeah. The album just before this was Just a Boy that hit number 16 yeah. in the U.S. I think it's another one of those albums that was in between her. Number four <laughs> in the U.K. The album after this was Endless Flight, which went to number four in the U.K. Oh, so they both went to number four. Yeah. This one went to uh, number 10 in the U.S. So this is... Uh, one of his least successful albums. Yeah. You know, considering what was released before and after. Yeah. Um, the song co-writer on this album was Frank Farrell, who was from Supertramp. Mm-hmm. The producer was Adam Faith and Russ Ballard. Adam Faith, this is so hilarious. Adam Faith was a British teen idol singer, actor, and financial journalist, of all things. Oh, weird. And he was one of the most charted acts in the 60s in the UK. I have never heard of this dude. Oh, we don't live in the UK in the 60s. But no, I agree. It's weird. That's, that's an interesting... Um... And there's no information um, anywhere to say that, like, how he he uh, contributed to the production of this album. Okay. <clears throat> Russ Ballard, the second producer, uh, played guitar and keyboards in the band on this album. He was the lead singer of the band Argent. Oh, he wrote a lot of songs that were covered by other artists like Three Dog Night, American America, Roger Daltrey, and Uriah Heep, and there's a bunch yeah. of other names on that list. Oh, British British bands from the late 60s, early 70s. So, yeah, this dude has some pedigree. Yeah. Uh, track listing. Side one. Bedsitter. Bedsitter Land. Sorry. Unlucky in Love. Last of the Johnny B. Good. 
on the old dirt road. I will not stop fighting. Uh, number two, side two, moonlighting. Streets of your town, kids grown up, only dreaming, and another year. The album run is 38 minutes and five, 59 seconds. Right. So darn near. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so was there, before we get into it, is there a song on there that you'd recommend as like a, one that stuck out to you? Um, one of the ones uh, that I really liked was the last gig of Johnny Be Good. Okay. And Bedsitterland. Yeah, Bedsitterland, I agree. Um, Bedsitterland, and there was one on here that was, that we both recognized. Wasn't there another one on here too? That were like, oh, that, oh, Moonlighting was the hit. Was their single off this one? Oh, that's weird. That one sounded so Calypso. It had a different, like it had a different, real Calypso vibe to it. Different feel to this. And there's something that you mentioned too while we're listening to this album, uh, before we talk a bit more about the songs, so I got a few is that this is very much, like you said, it's got a very uh, like Elton John vibe to it, man. Oh, my God. Holy when, shit. Some of those songs yeah. are so close. Yeah. I often, I wondered if Bernie Taupin yeah. was a, a co-writer writer. On, on these because they... And not only that, but his voice. Yep. Leo Sayer's voice sounded... For the first part, the first side of the album, I thought I was listening to Elton yeah, John. Yeah, you did. You look at me like, is he sure that we had the right album on? And, and it's like it's, so, yeah, it was it was crazy in that way. The piano and the vibe, the kind of rock, the way the rock was for sure. It's the whole thing. But um, so I have some more notes on that. OK. Um, the Moonlighting. Yeah, the, the hit song. That's it was good. the only single released off the album and it went to number two on the UK singles chart. And um, there's lots of ballads on this album. Yeah. I mean, as Leo said, I don't expect him to throw out any you know hard rockers it was a good listen i was surprised that i liked it because i'm only familiar i only remember dis yeah, you knew, you disco know. leo say yeah so, so you knew familiar with some of the and from my understanding this was like the last of his like really good stuff before he got into the disco -y shit that was my understanding from when I read. Yeah, uh, and yeah, it is a good album, and I'm I'm gonna say surprised by that. yeah, I'm gonna say that too. Uh, I had never have never listened to any Leo Sayer before. I've never listened to an album before. Um, I honestly didn't know what to expect, and I I'm like you. I actually kind of enjoyed the album. I'm kind of surprised. Like it's another one of those ones that doesn't really have any hits on it, but it's just it's just a good album from start to finish. Yeah, and you can definitely hear the Super Tramp influence. Oh, yeah, for sure, yeah. In, in, in a lot of ways. Yeah, well, that was just poppy rock. Which probably is one of the reasons that we we like it. Because well, it's got a little bit, yeah, it's got that classic rock, and a little bit of a bluesy, you know, the, the a lot of piano. Like you said, like a lot of Elton, honestly, it's like Elton John Light. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, definitely, definitely, so definitely. Uh, I agree. I was surprised, too. Um, I had never listened to an album, and I, I enjoyed this one, man. It's... Uh, it's pretty good. Um, so I'm just going to finish, finish with my notes here. Yep. So I said, enjoyable, no massive hits, still solid. Moonlighting is a single. Um, Babysitter Land is a song that I would also recommend to people. The first song on the album, if you're kind of wondering what the album is like, that's actually a perfect example of the, what the whole entire album is going to be yeah, like. Yeah, definitely. So uh, check that out. I said, sounds like Elton. And I, and, uh, I would recommend it. Um kind of jumping ahead a little bit do you have anything else to add there before i jump into the no go ahead and then i'll shit? finish off with the uh, discogs information okay so uh another year leo sayer uh warner brothers catalog bs 
2885. Uh, this is a, this one took some fucking looking, man. This was a rare edition. Yeah, because it's what a, it was a. It's an American, okay, first of all, it's an American edition, but it's a, a it's a limited promo edition. It's a test pressing. Test pressing. And uh, I took some time to figure this one out. Um, which is pretty interesting. So what's kind of interesting with the cover here is that the cover is destroyed. So it was just, a, so it was a test pressing album special edition. So it was a plain white case. There was nothing on it. And on the back, they originally out of the factory, they had just taped on there, you know, the song lists and the information about it. But it's just a printed out sheet. Like it's really kind of cool. Which is funny too, because I was, I've seen this album cover in the collection for forever. Like honestly, I've seen this a million times. And on the front cover, it's got another year legal sayer. Like it looks handwritten, so I always assumed that it was part of the whole thing. That like, somebody like Leo Sayer was just fucking around one day. No, it turns out my mom actually did all this artwork on the on this album cover, and um, it looks really good. I had no idea. I actually had to had to ask them. I was like, "Well, can you tell me about this?" So yeah, my mom actually did the art, a little bit of artwork on the front. And... However, yes, that's very cool, but. Uh. Given that the album is um, worth a hundred, well, someone's selling a copy of it on Discogs for one hundred and twenty-six dollars. Yeah, you could buy that artwork brings the value down. Oh no, totally. Yeah. Well, you know, it would be interesting because because I mean, the actual vinyl itself hasn't been. So it'd be interesting to see if what you get for it. I mean, like the case is in such bad condition now as it is. It's fucking destroyed. Like it's ripped totally, and there's no sleeve. But yeah, it's, I saw it for anywhere from the, you said 120 on Discord. 126, yeah. And I saw you can get almost almost new copy for 35 but it's not, that's out of the UK though. It's a UK promo, it's not an American promo. So right. yeah, I uh, it's, a, it's a catch-22. Yeah. Because it's cool, but you're right, any value yeah. there is just yeah, destroyed. Yeah. <laughs> so thankfully it's not in great condition. It's not in great condition. So I just still thought that was cool. So anyways, the cover is poor, it's dirty, it's ripped, it's faded. The vinyl though even though it has no fucking sleeve, is actually in really good condition. Um, I, I said a deep clean would fix the pops because there were some pops and, and hiss because the album is a little bit dirty in the grooves. There's no sleeve on it, so I'm not surprised. But once that was cleaned out, there was no skips. There was no scratches. Uh, there was a little scuff, but nothing that ever affected the sound quality. Clean it up. It's good. Um, just looking at the, the sound field was good. It sounded good. Um, so for me, uh, the cover... Now, when I say the cover, the cover, the stuff that I had looked up, there's another cover out there for the actual album. And it's like Leo Sayers yes, on it. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So that's, there is nothing for this one because of this cover artist is my mom. But um, <laughs> but the, the actual cover artist out there for the majority of the copies, his name is Terry O'Neill. Uh, Terry was a prominent photog, married to Faye Dunaway in the 80s. We've talked about this oh, guy. Crazy. Yeah, we've talked about this guy before. He's done a ton of stuff. Uh, extensive career in... Um, Extensive work with Elton John, Tom Jones, Judy Garland, Alice Cooper, The Police. Honestly, it goes on and on and on. But his main focus was fashion and styles. Mm. Like, if you're in the 80s and you saw fashion photography, especially high-end, it was probably his. Like, it, we're talking way up there. Wow. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure, like I said, we've done other... We've reviewed other albums that he's done photography for. So I'm going to need to pay more attention more in Discogs to see where, like, the little... Uh, there's, like, little green dots that show up beside other stuff we have if it's listed oh cool so when you're going through your list and if like if i click on if i look click on terry o'neill 
And if you're going through his, his collection of stuff that he's worked on, if we have something, it'll show up as a little green dot next to oh, that, cool. that listing. Yeah. And it's something I need to program my brain to pay attention well, to. Well, it's funny more. because I've talked to you before about starting a database so that we can see yeah. where the similarities are. But if Discogs is going to do this all for us, yeah. then bravo on that. Yeah, it's good for us. <laughs> Thank you, Discogs. Because to go back and do all these albums would be like take forever. Oh, it'd be in, yeah, it'd be insane. It'd be not so. So yeah. I'm not too worried about that. Yeah. Um, Okay, so that, that that's it for me. Anything you want to uh, add there with the? No, nope. you said the value already. So okay, yeah, so that what's was your, it. Yeah, one hundred and twenty-six dollars. The one that they have on sale now on Discogs. So what's your? Uh, I give this one a three out of five. Oh, lower. Wow. Okay, good. A little controversy. Controversy. Um, just three out of five. Hey. Yeah. Oh well, okay. I, I did have it marked as a three three point five. But I was wondering, What's you know, your downside? Like, why? Like, well, I, 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 just, know, I say three is still good. I just thought about some of the other albums that we have. Uh, like, I'm just trying to kind of... Comparative? Yeah, yeah. to be a little comparative I don't about want to do that. how I rate it against other albums. I don't want to do that because I gave, like, I like that, the, the Monks album a lot. I gave that a four, but I also gave uh, Moody Blues a four. Like, I, I can't... Okay, I gotcha. don't want to do comparative because then we have to change our, our line down the road. Like, like everything will have to change. I don't want to compare Moody Blues to the last album we listened to. Okay, the so then album. I'll stick with my original 3.5. 3.5, 5, okay. I gave it a 4. I uh, gave it a 4. I think it's solid. Uh, I actually would recommend it if you're into this kind of classic rock and Leo. Yeah, I would yeah. too. Yeah, I would recommend it too. And I think this is one that we'll keep around in the collection. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so, and like I said, for both of us, it's a, a surprise. Yeah. So. Yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah. Definitely a surprise. So I think that that's a benefit to to us listening to the albums separately and just like just chilling out just in a setting that we're giving the music a chance. And we're yeah. not just we're not zoned out where we're trying to write shit down and write shit down. We're actually just listening to the music and we can go through it again. And sometimes we go on Spotify as well and go on there and just like oh play this song, play you know part of this this. So yeah, it's um. Well, and that was one of the things that I felt was getting lost in our review when we were doing it the way we were yeah. doing the research at the same time we were listening is that you're so busy writing all the stuff that you want to, you know, talk about when we do the reviews is that you were kind of only half listening and you couldn't make notes on the song. Yeah, and you're just like, eh. And, yeah. um, no, I totally get it. So I really enjoy the way that we're doing it now. Yeah. It's a lot more productive. Okay. Leo Save Down. Album number three, John Mayall. The world of John Mayall. Uh, John oh, Mayall. Sorry, I just I'm going to combine my catalog stuff with what you're saying there, just because it's so short. I have nothing. So you said John Mayall, London Records catalog SPA one six nine Canada seventy one. It's original, but it's also a compilation. So the sound quality is all fucking all over the place. The case is fine. It's actually in really good condition, yeah, almost like it's never shape, been yeah. played. The yeah. vinyls in great. The sound is mixed because it's uh, a composition. I mean, what are you going to do? It's from a bunch of different sources. Um, go ahead. So John Mayall is an English blues singer, guitarist, organist, and songwriter whose musical career spans over 60 years. He grew up a fan of many of the blues players such as Lead, Lead Belly, Pine Top Smith, and Eddie Lang. Mm. He taught himself how to play the piano, guitars, and a harmonica. He was the founder of John Mayall and the Blues Breakers, mm -hmm. which this technically no, is one of their albums. It is. It is. It's weird because it says the the world of John Mayall, but it is even listed in other places, John Mayall and the Blues Breakers. And the Blues Breakers, yeah. Yeah, that's weird. 
So that band originated in the 60s. Uh, this is a compilation album and released in Canada in 1971. Canada and France only. Oh, okay. Yeah. Canada yeah. and France. Both in 1971? Yep. Uh, producers, it's a compilation album, so there's a lot of producers, and I didn't oh, yeah, don't even break down the song. On compilations, there's no point. We just don't have the time for that. Um... Since I, uh, okay, I'll go, yeah, I've already done my, all that stuff. So I really, other than the Canada and France thing, I have nothing to add other than a quick, uh, I didn't, I didn't enjoy this album at all. Even on the second playthrough, I find it pointless. I find it that most of these songs are blues songs we've heard a million times before in other places and better. Like I'd rather listen to Zeppelin's I Can't Quit You Baby a million times over than listen to this version. Mm -hmm. I would rather, and, and it's not to say he, he's not a bad player. It's no. fucking, he's a great musician, amazing musician. Oh, I honestly, thought this is the most one of the most boring blues albums we've done yet. Not the most, but one of the most. Yeah, I um, I like blues yep. in moderation. If we were to go out to a club to listen to a blues band, that would be entirely different. Yeah, but for which me we've to done. actually choose to listen to out of all the music that we listen to, blues is way on the bottom of my list. Uh, see, I, yeah. And when I, it's yeah. not being done by one of the yeah, bands I was gonna say, that I we love. Like, like, listen to Monty Waters or whatever forever. But. So I respect the blues. I just am not a fan all the time of them. And we've been subjected to some pretty, like I said, once again, it's nothing to do with his musicianship or their being yeah, able oh, to play. Definitely. They, can, yeah. they can do those things. Yeah. It's just so tedious and, like you said, boring. It's like listening to a compilation of pop songs we already heard a million times like it, well and it's like to me it's like listening to the pop songs that we hear today on the radio yeah exactly when it's, we actually I get just, exposure to them so uh so i gave this one out of five and put it in the junk status well um i have yet to give the track listing here my dear oh i'm sorry i just been plowing through because like look at this is my i got like not even a full sheet of stuff you're right okay so get to the song listings i okay. apologize I'm... so the track the track listing <laughs> key to love have you heard Stand Back Baby, mm -hmm. Sitting in the Rain, Checking Up on My Baby, uh, Side 2, My Time After a While, I Can't Quit You Baby. Well, there's a lot of baby songs There are. Here. I don't know where, that? Another Kind of Love, Ready to Ride, and Broken Wings. The Take these broken wings. No, it's not no, the song. It's not no, even it's not even that, that song. One, no. No. It's, uh, Learn to fly again. It's playtime is 36 minutes and 51 seconds. It's a long 36 minutes. There are currently none for sale on Discogs. <laughs> you can't, no doubt. The price is, uh, are the, the price range, $6, $8, and $11, oh, shit. depending on the condition. I think we can get you 11 bucks You could probably get 11 bucks for that. Yeah. Anybody wants for 11 bucks, you come get it. Yeah, really. Um, and my take on it is I'll never listen to this album again. Yeah. <laughs> There's a time and place for the blues, and I would rather see them live. Yep. John Mayle is a legend. He's got so many albums out there. It's amazing. Um, but the this blues isn't it. are just not my jam. <laughs> this, is, this album is just isn't it. Yeah. It's... Occasionally, but yeah. But like you said, if, if we're going to listen to blues, there's about a million other blues in there we go and pull out. So, what do you give it? I gave it a one. Oh. One out of five junk status. Now, see, I'm having a hard time because we talked about the musicianship. Which is why it gets a one. On this album. 
That's why I gave them a one. Okay. They, because they can play really well. No, you pick your own thing. But that's why they got a one instead of a zero. Because I agree. I, I do know other John Mayall stuff. And I know that some good stuff. And he's a great player. But that's just, just fucking this album. Ugh. I'm going with a 0.5. Oh, all right. <laughs> all right. Kicking the shit out of John Mayall. Uh, okay. Not, so, no. Just the album. Just the album. That's fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so John Mayall down. Uh, I'm good. I got nothing else to say. I've just <laughs> done that long time ago. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you passed it so quickly. Zoop. Just barged right in there. Took over. Yeah. Okay. Did things out of order. That's it. That's episode 40. Um, I have no... Oh, I do have an idea of what's coming up next, and it could be weird. Yes. There's some intriguing, intriguing albums coming up, I think. And um, Yes. Yeah. yeah, things I've never heard of. Yeah, I agree. Oh, and one of them is a French band I've never heard of. Oh, yeah, it's going to be strange, strange stuff. But good. Good stuff. <laughs> strange Hopefully. albums to go with strange times. Yes, exactly. That's what we should... <laughs> We should It'll be it. our COVID-19 episode. <laughs> all of them are now. They all are. Okay, as we said at the top, um, like, subscribe, follow. Um, and actually, when you go to uh, Anchor FM, you can actually leave a voice Oh, you can leave message voice messages, yes. Yeah, so if you feel like... To the... tell us what you think about the episode. Yeah, that sounds pretty cool. Or tweet us or on the Instagrams, messages there. And if there's anything else that you would like to see us cover in this... Um, in this review and any of our reviews please let us know we're always open to suggestions yep okay see you guys later thank you for everything bye thanks for listening